Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the most common misconceptions about botanical method aquariums is that they must absolutely be filled with, you know, deeply tinted brown water filled with, you know, fungal and biofilm encrusted decomposing leaves and twigs and stuff like that. And, you know, just have that look. Now, remember, this is a methodology, not a style of aquascaping. And the reality is that you can have an aquarium which fully embraces the ecological aspects of natural aquatic systems, you know, using botanicals and have clear, slightly tinted, or even turbid water, and not a whole lot of stuff decomposing on the bottom. It's not a prerequisite to have that dark brown water. And quite honestly, we see the tinted water as a collateral aesthetic benefit of embracing the approach, not the main reason to do it. And the hobby is somehow latched onto the most, I don't know, superficial aspect of black water, which is the look. And this, you know, in the social media landscape, the appearance of Blackwater has led to tremendous confusion about what it actually is. As we've mentioned hundreds of times here, the aquarium definition of Blackwater seems to apply to any tank which has less than crystal clear blue-white water. Remember, in nature, the term Blackwater applies to water with a very specific set of chemical characteristics. The color of the water is a result of the presence of various compounds in the water. Now, the visuals may play a huge role in our interpretation of what we think black water is, but the reality is that there's so much more of a chemical soup that makes it that. Now, although the three classical water types, you know, white, black, and clear, are used by science to describe many of these habitats, aquarists tend to classify water as black water or clear water, which, although not scientifically pure, tends to make our understanding and discussions a little bit easier. I get it. The reality is that there's many, many habitats throughout the world which have tons, literally, of botanical materials in them, yet have relatively clear water. It's certainly not a given that the presence of leaves, wood, and other you know botanical materials in a given body of water will result in brown water and low pH. Rivers like the Uarara, Jupara, Peru, and Madeira are turbid. These are Amazonian or South American rivers, and they're they're turbid with water transparency that varies. And, you know, they transport large amounts of nutrient-rich sediments from the Andes. The waters have near-neutral pH and relatively high concentrations of dissolved solids. The Rio Jingo and the Tapajos are classic examples of clear water rivers. One of the largest tributaries of the Amazon, the Jingu, has an abundance of rock and a higher concentration of dissolved minerals than a blackwater habitat like the Rio Negro. And this is not, you know, or other, I should say, there's not a lot of suspended matter because the rock formations which the river courses through are really ancient. They no longer erode in the current. And the pH varies between, say, 6 and 7. 
And for almost as long as hobbyists have been playing around with blackwater aquariums, there's been confusion, fear, misunderstanding, and downright misinformation on almost every aspect of them. And it starts with the confusion of the blackwater environment itself, as we will see more of. But we're still seeing a lot of that confusion. And it's important to really understand the most simple of questions, like what exactly is blackwater anyways? Okay, well, a scientist will tell you that blackwater is created by draining from older rocks and soils. Like in Amazonia, look up the term Guyana Shield. And these, you know, this, this drainage results in dissolved fulvic and humic substances, um, small amounts of suspended sediment, and uh, characteristically lower pH, 4 to 6, and dissolved elements, yet high silicate contents. Tannins are imparted into the water by leaves and other botanical materials which accumulate in these habitats. The action of water uh, upon fallen leaves and other botanical-derived materials leaches various compounds out of them, creating black water. Indeed, this leaching project of process is analogous to boiling leaves for tea. The leached compounds are both organic and inorganic and include things like tannin, carbohydrates, organic acids, pectic compounds, minerals, growth hormones, alkaloids, and phenolic compounds. In summary, though, natural black waters typically arise from highly leached tropical environments where most of the soluble elements are rapidly removed by heavy rainfall. Materials such as soils are the primary influence on the composition of black water. Leaves and other materials contribute to the process in nature, but they're not the primary drivers of its creation and composition in nature. So right from the start, it's evident that natural black water is all about the soils. Again, it's more a product of geology than just about anything else. Now, more confusing, recent studies have found that, the, that most of the acidity in black water can be attributed to dissolved organic substances and not to dissolved carbonic acid. In other words, organic acids from compounds found in soil and decomposing plant material as opposed to inorganic sources. Black waters are almost always characterized by a high percentage of organic acids. Interestingly, however, these waters are surprisingly low in dissolved organic compounds. In fact, Rio Negro black waters are theorized to have a low DOC concentration because of the dilution effect of significant amounts of rainfall and because they're diluted by clear water from nearby systems low in dissolved organic compounds. It's sort of self-regulating to an extent, isn't it? And confusing. Now, in the podzolic soil, and we've talked about that before, where black water originates, much of the extractable substances in the surface in a litter layer are humic substances or humic acids, I should say, typically coming from decaying plant material. And scientists have concluded that the greater input of plant you know, litter, leaf litter, leads to greater input of humic substances into groundwater. So in other words, those leaves that accumulate on the substrate are putting out significant amounts of humic acids, as we've talked about previously. And although humic substances like fulvic acid uh, are found in both black water and clear water habitats, the organic detritus, you know, from leaves and stuff like that, in black water contains more extractable fulvic acid than in clear water habitats, as one might expect. The Rio Negro, for example, contains mostly humic acids, indicating that the suspended sediments selectively absorb humic acids from black water. The low concentration of suspended sediments in rivers like the Rio Negro is you know, one of the main reasons why a high concentration of humic acids are maintained. Boy, did I confuse you with that? I hope not. So with basically with little or no suspended sediment, there's no adsorbent surface other than the substrate of the river upon which these acids can be taken out of or adsorbed. So when you think about it, 
All this kind of contributes to why Blackwater has the color that it does too. Blackwater in the Amazon basin is colored reddish brown. Why? Well, it has those organic compounds dissolved in it, of course, and most light absorption is in the blue region of the spectrum, and the water is almost transparent to red light, which explains the red coloration of the water. As we've mentioned many, many times, watercolor, although helpful to aquarists in some respects, is not an absolutely reliable indicator of the pH or ionic composition of the water. There's no substitute for good old-fashioned water testing. Remember, just because the water in a botanical-influenced aquarium system is brownish or has a bit of noticeable turbidity, it doesn't mean that it's of low quality or dirty, as we're inclined to say. I can't stress this often enough. It simply means the tannins, humic acids, and other substances are leaching into the water, creating a characteristic, you know, color that some of us geeks find rather attractive. If you're still concerned, just monitor the water quality. Perform a nitrate test. Look at the health of your animals. Interestingly, and perhaps confusingly, the lower section of some Amazonian blackwater rivers, such as the Rio Negro, the Tefe, and the Uetama, and the Uruvu in Brazil, and the Nene in Peru, and some streams in Colombia, can have ionic composition and or pH values similar to the whitewater rivers and not like the typical Amazonian blackwater rivers. It's thought, and this is interesting, by researchers that low electrical conductivity values can be responsible for this phenomenon. Bizarre, right? In addition, though, it's thought that many rivers and streams have to be considered as mixed rivers, resulting from the influence of tributaries with different physical and chemical properties of their waters. As if we didn't need any more confusion, right? Talk about muddy waters, right? So for us aquarists, the argument and uh, arguments, you know, and the discussions can rage on and on and on. And aquarists who have been to various parts of these rivers may observe somewhat different characteristics than in others and still be 100% accurate in their findings. Generalizations, although often a no-no, may actually be useful to us in this case, right? Now, one of the big discussion points we have in our world is about the color and the clarity of the water in our, you know, black water aquariums or whatever, botanical style, botanical method aquariums. We receive a lot of correspondence from customers who are curious how much stuff it takes to color up their water. And those of us in the community of Blackwater or botanical method, you know, aquariums seek out this tint and the body in our water. While the rest of the aquatic world, well, they just kind of freak the fuck out about it. Our aesthetic upbringing in the hobby seems to push us towards crystal clear water, regardless of whether or not it's tinted or not. And think about it. You could have absolutely horrifically toxic levels of ammonia, dissolved heavy metals, whatever, in water that's basically invisible. And you could have perfectly beautiful water parameters in water that's heavily tinted and even a bit turbid. Uh, FYI, I think uh, the, the typical definition of turbidity is a cloudiness or haziness of a fluid caused by numbers of individual particles that are you know, generally invisible to the naked eye, kind of like smoke. That's why the aquarium mythology would suggest that black water aquariums or aquariums with tinted water were somehow dirtier than blue water tanks used to drive me nuts. The term black water describes a number of things. However, it's not a measure of cleanliness of the water in an aquarium, is it? No. Color alone is not indicative of water quality for aquarium purposes, nor is turbidity. Sure, by municipal drinking water standards, you know, color and clarity are really important and they can indicate all kinds of potential issues. But we're not talking about drinking water here, are we? No, we're not. And yes, I know, aquariums with high quantities of organic materials breaking down in the water column add to the biological load of the tank, requiring, you know, pretty diligent management. This isn't shocking news, right? Frankly, I find it rather amusing when, to this day, somebody will still tell me that the stuff that we do here is reckless and that our tanks look dirty. 
as if we didn't see that or understand why our tanks look the way they do. There's a difference between color and clarity. The color, as you know, is a byproduct of tannins leaching into the water from wood, soils, botanicals, and it's typically not cloudy. It's actually one of the most natural looking water conditions around as water influenced by, you know, water influenced by soil, wood, leaves, etc. is pretty much ubiquitous around the world. Other than having the undeniable color, there's little that differentiates this water from so-called crystal clear water to the, at least visually, to the naked eye. Of course, the water may have a lower pH and general hardness, but these factors have no bearing on the color or the visual clarity of the water. And conversely, dark brown water isn't always soft and acidic. You can have really hard alkaline water that, based on our hobby biases, looks like it should be soft and acid. Color is not an indicator of pH or hardness. Again, it's one of those things where we ascribe some sort of characteristics to the water based solely on its appearance. We got to stop that. As I mentioned before, a funny byproduct of our more recent obsession with, you know, black water aquariums in the hobby is that uh, concern about the tint of the water and yeah, perhaps even the flavor of said water, you know, th that characteristic it has. It's a byproduct of our acceptance of natural influences on the water and a desire to see more realistic representations of certain aquatic environments. And that means, of course, the dark water that we like so much around here. Yeah, we see posts and discussions by hobbyists lamenting the fact that their aquarium water is not tinted enough. I love that. A lot of hobbyists have, you know, brought in or bought into that mental shift stuff that we keep talking about. And you have to sort of smile about that. It's pretty cool. Again, we impart, you know, color producing tannins into the water in our aquariums by utilizing leaves and botanical materials, seed pods, bark, all that kind of stuff. Confusingly, you can achieve the look of blackwater habitats even with relatively hard alkaline water. Of course, there's more than just the aesthetics, right? Many of these materials will also impart complex compounds like polyphenols, polysaccharides, lignin, and other substances into the water as well, which can have positive influences on fish health and the overall aquarium ecology. So the approach to create an, you know, aquarium quality blackwater is surprisingly simple, really. Start with high quality RODI water. Add some botanical materials like leaves, bark, seed pods, and in theory, you've created the aquarium equivalent of black water. I mean, it's not quite that simple, and the easy process really belies the complex chemical interactions that take place in the water to create these conditions. But for most of us, that's kind of how it works on a superficial level. Again, it's important for us not to delude ourselves into thinking that just tossing some leaves into an aquarium and admiring the tinted color gives us a black water aquarium like you see on a lot of the so-called influencer videos on social media that pop up regularly now. And again, those black water extracts, same thing. It doesn't create a black water aquarium. Just sort of, you know, we've got to hold ourselves to a little higher standards, especially again on social media, just sort of mailing it in by touching on the most superficial aspects of the con, you know, the concept. It's not good. If we throw around ideas like, you know, this tank in the video represents a Blackwater River in Amazonia or some other grandiose pronouncement, we owe it to our audiences to either explain what this means, what the characteristics of a natural Blackwater habitat are, or why our tank filled with, you know, lots of aquatic plants, gravel, and a few leaves, and water of unspecified chemical characteristics isn't actually Blackwater. Perhaps superficially, it mimics some aspects of the Blackwater environment, it's inspired by, but that's it. And that's okay. But we have a responsibility to our fellow hobbyists to explain this, to not be more accurate in our description about what we do in this sector is to just cliche it and label any tank with tinted water a black water aquarium. And it runs the risk of simply dumbing down what we do and working against all the efforts and progress made by so many hobbyists 
to create a proper, replicable, and consistent methodology to creating botanical method aquariums. And it displays a fundamental ignorance of the work of many researchers and scientists who help classify and study these habitats in the wild. Botanical method aquariums. Tanks which incorporate botanical materials to influence some aspect of the water chemistry and biology. That's what we play with. Many times the result is an aquarium with water that has a brownish tint, perhaps a slightly reduced pH, and an array of decomposing leaves and seed pods. It's a methodology to create more natural functioning aquariums. It just happens to result in aquariums which look different, perhaps superficially like blackwater habitats. And of course, it's perfectly okay and easy to have an aquarium filled with all these tannin-producing materials and to render the water crystal clear with activated carbon or chemical filtration media. We've done that before. A lot of hobbyists do that. And just understanding the interactions of these materials with water and the overall aquatic environment you know, in our tanks is huge. And it has enormous implications for the future of our hobby. Water is sort of a blank canvas, a starting point, a media for our work. And there's so many possibilities. The real allure of water is just starting to come into play. The beauty of an aquarium is that you can have, you know, you can either remove or contribute to the color and the clarity characteristics of your water if you don't like them by simply utilizing technique, i.e. mechanical and chemical filtration, water changes, etc., and the passage of time. The color of water, it's that simple. Stay engaged, stay curious, stay observant, stay thoughtful, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.